Can I sleep in your brain tonight, stranger? A Sandman Podfic, written by AQS8 and read by Literarian. Chapter 3 Raise the Dead. Summary In which we learn nothing new about Dream, and we do learn something about Theo. The silence is unending. The darkness is unyielding. Every single second spent and closed in this space is an eternity. Dream can see, oh yes, this body can see in the pale moonlight where a normal human could not, but there is no light that breaches the paint Alexander Burgess trapped him in. Like father, like son. Dream cries often. There is nothing else to see or do except despair. Even the peculiar sensation of water rolling down his cheeks grows old after a thousand times. Dream knows his sister will not interfere. None of them will. But surely she sees him. There is no air, no light, no smell, no heat, no texture, and no respite. Of course, Dream had been foolish. He had thought humanity would tire of him. He should have known better. Dream occasionally changes his position, but after a time, even the effort is useless. This body constantly aches. Dream does not even have respite in sleep. Whoever Alexander had found to transcribe the binding circle to the outside of Dream's prison had done a proper job. Dream could feel the magic pulsing from around the equator of the sphere, just as strong as the original circle. Did that second practitioner know what he was sealing away? Did he bother to ask any questions, or did he simply take his payment and leave? Dream vowed he would find him, if there were any of his captors left alive to torment when Dream escaped. Escape was a paltry fantasy, one Dream had rarely entertained. The void of the sphere was Dream's waking nightmare, and his daydreams were too colourful and fantastic. They made Dream's still-beating heart ache. How many years had passed? Dream cannot know. Time creeps forward the same for the endless as it does for the mortals. Then, out of the darkness... There is a sound. What the bloody hell is this? A woman's voice, distorted and faint through the glass. It sounds as though it is coming from where the exit is. Please, please just smear the incantation of the binding. Dream prays for their folly. He crawls up from where he lies at the concave bottom of the sphere, even though they cannot see him. 
The effort causes him to pant. He's grown very weak. I've got a friend who does... Another voice, a man's, must be walking around the room because his voice drifts in and out of earshot. Really? The woman says, clearly interested. The man says something back. Well, I'll mark it down. Obviously, whoever buys it will have to pay massively to get it out of here, if they even can. They'll have to knock out a wall. The council won't like it. If nobody can figure out what it is, then they can't say it's of any historical importance, can they? It's going up for auction. I don't want to fill out paperwork for it, the woman says. Nobody wants to fill out paperwork ever, the man says, and they both laugh at it. Their voices ascend into silence, and Dream is left alone. Has Alexander Burgess finally died? Was Dream's cage to be sold to whomever thought it was interesting? Well, that was one way to get a new captor. Dream rests his head against the chill, unbroken smoothness of the glass. He gets no visitors until it seems a large crowd is gathered around the moat. Don't step over it and touch it! Someone barks, and Dream knows the day has come. There must be a lot of people down here, dozens maybe. Their voices mingle and overlap into one background orchestra. It is music to Dream's ears, which ring with all the superfluous noise. Someone bangs against the surface, likely a table, and the chatter dies down. Bidding starts at 100 pounds for lot 45! A man's voice rings out loud and clear through the barrier of Dream's cage. Ah, he is to be sold. Graham idly wonders how much he is worth to them. He turns out to be worth a fair amount, unless inflation has eaten away the British currency. There are three high bidders, two men and a woman, judging by voice, and it is one of these men who wins. Graham is bought for the price of 31,000 British pounds. After that, there is a constant stream of noise in and out of the Burgess household. Dream listens in on unaware men and women who are trying to figure out how to take him, his sphere, out of the Burgess household. The construction crew settles on taking out the back wall and digging up to the surface. This is a decision which means the basement is very loud for a few days. Dream is of a mixed mind, torn between apprehension and anticipation. Dream has not moved from this spot since 1916. And although it will not be moving by his own volition, he will be relocated nonetheless. Maybe in the process, some of the paint will chip off and Dream will have tiny windows into the world outside. Dream dreads what will become of him. Alexander had not made a fool of himself with magic and sorcery, but his father had. 
Burgess had made a name for himself. Surely there are those still who know what he is, and they will come for him. Will he be displayed as an oddity, shut up in some new order's home? What has become of the world and the state of the arcane and the supernatural and the powers that be? Grimm does not hope for rescue. That is too much. It is much kinder to himself to hope for a sliver of sunlight. They cut the suspension chains first. A machine whirs and screams into the dark, and the sound of metal being cut causes dream to tense. They must have braced the bottom of the sphere, because the sensation of falling comes and goes in an instant. The sphere rocks into something below, and dream can almost feel the concerned exhale of the construction crew. The machine cuts away the other chains, and then, then, the sphere moves. It is strange to move after being held in suspension. Of course, the construction crew doesn't know there's anyone in the sphere, so Dream jumbles around in the bottom of the glass ball as they presumably shift the cage over to where they've cut out the ceiling and lift him up. The ball shifts and sways, and Dream wants it to bash against the wall of the house and crack open, but the crew is careful. They are as delicate with his cage as though it was a child, and they carefully load Dream into a vehicle. The drive is torture. Whatever the crew did to secure the sphere, they let it bounce and shudder with every jump in the road. Every careful turn flings Dream against the walls of his prison, and the jolting of the drive is rough enough to bruise Dream's skin. He is rattled around inside the sphere, and finally the drive stops. There is a separate unloading process. The man who may have bought Dream is here. Dream knows this because this man's voice grows increasingly worried as the sphere is lowered. Be careful, the man cries more than once, but his worry is unfounded. Finally, Dream's sphere is set on the ground, and Dream is stable again. The man speaks with the moving crew, arranging payment, and then his footsteps echo into wherever Dream has been brought. Dream listens to the man sigh. It is a joyful exhalation, the sigh of a hard-won victory. Of course, the man did spend a rather large sum. Dream hopes the man at least knows what he paid for. It is strange how Dream can feel the man's gaze even through the paint and the glass. It is like a weight on Dream's shoulders, and he does not know where the man is standing until a bouncy song plays over a tinny speaker. The man picks up. Hello, Theo. Oh, hi, Jen. It's been a long time. There is a pause while Theo listens to the speaker on the other end. 
Yeah, I bought it. Don't be jealous. I'll tell you guys what it is if I ever find out. This man, Theo, bought a strange black sphere of glass and he doesn't even know what it is. Humanity must have become more stupid. Well, you know, Robbie, the man's thrifty. He begrudgingly accepted that I was buying the thing. Theo continues. He listens intently to whoever's speaking, then laughs. Of course I'm going to bring him to see it. It literally just got unloaded. I barely had any time to get my grubby hands on the thing before you called. A pause. Oh, will you shut up about that? We've only been living together for a year. Theo sighs again. But this time, the sigh is weary and sad. <sighs> Jen, he's so flighty. Like, I offer him all these things, and I know he loves me, and I love him, and gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I might as well tell you, you're my oldest friend. I want to marry him. Dream raises his eyebrows. There's silence outside while Theo listens to his friend. But also, like, he gets really quiet sometimes. He doesn't really talk about his life or anything, and I don't want to scare him off with talk of marriage. Another pause. No, I told you he's bisexual, so I don't think... No, no. I'm just trying to take it slow, but I want to make it official. Jen must have made a joke because Theo barks out a laugh. They talk a bit more about the cage. Theo describes it to his friend on the phone and promises to send her pictures. Theo doesn't say anything more, but Dream listens to his shoes putter about around the sphere a few times. Theo taps on the glass once, and it rings true, which must have surprised him. Then he leaves. A fair amount of time passes before he returns. There's another man with him. Robbie, presumably. And here she is, Theo says with excitement. I've already seen it, Theo. Robbie says, but there's a smile hidden in the words. It's made of glass. Isn't that curious? Old Burgess must have paid a fortune to construct the thing inside of that cellar. Theo's voice draws closer. Is it really? Robbie's tone is curious. Yeah, tap it, Theo says. A sudden tap of fingers near Dream's knee startles him. He curls away from the sound. Have you found anything about the yellow script? Robbie asks his lover. Um, well, I found this old HTML website that had a bunch of info about alchemical scripts and some of the symbols. Where are they? Ah, uh, this one. Here and here are elements. Fire and air, respectively. Theo tells him. So it appears not all knowledge has been lost. 
So it is definitely a cult then. You know my feelings about stuff like that, Robbie says, and there's an edge to his voice. I know, Robbie, you've got your limits, Theo placates him. If you find out it's something bad, you've got to get rid of it. There's bad things in this world, Robbie says. Dream feels a strange rush of pride for this Robbie. He's smart. He knows not to deal with things he doesn't understand. I paid too much to be rid of it, and literally next door we've got a thousand cursed objects and mysteries, Theo says. This is a shell of an old argument, judging by his tone. Yeah, but none of them are this, Robbie emphasizes. I'll let you know if I find out anything. All right, love, Theo says. Let me know if you ever decide to chip the paint. I want to be there, Robbie replies. Will they? Will they really chip the paint and look inside? Dream feels his eyes begin to water at the flame of hope reigniting itself in his chest. Won't do that for a bit, but of course I'd want you there, Theo says. There's a wet sound, and Dream belatedly realizes they must be kissing. Well, they do think they're alone. Robbie doesn't return for a while, but Theo stops by every few days. In the loud echo of the room, Dream can hear faint clicking sounds while Theo does research. Of course, the knowledge of the binding circle he would be hard-pressed to find at the local library. There's a lot of sighing on Theo's end, which Dream expects. Ultimately, his new captor hasn't found any worthwhile information, and this leads to Theo bringing Robbie back. So, where are you going to do it? Robbie's voice asks. Dream's heart leaps into his throat. He arranges himself at the bottom of his cage. He reminds himself he does not know these men or how they will react. He closes his eyes and stills his chest. I'm just going to take a little portion on the bottom. And if it's empty, then it shouldn't be too hard to paint it over, Theo says. There's a lull. Do you have a knife? Theo asks. Robbie chuckles, and he must have handed something over. Thank you, Theo says with emphasis. There's a squeak of metal against glass and... <laughs> 